Welcome to the August 29th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show. We cover the biggest topics in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and blockchain every single day, forever, for all eternity, even when the sun explodes and becomes a red giant and overtakes the earth. We will still be doing this radio show somewhere from space on our space station that we're going to build eventually from our Bitcoin profits. This is your host, Space Marine. Great to have you all here. I am Space Cadet. What is up, everybody? Bitcoin is at $7,036 this time of living. Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. Bitcoin's a lot higher than it was previously in August. In the middle of August, almost exactly in the middle of the month of August, it hit $5,800. And we've talked about this a few times on the show. Now, $5,800 is like a real solid support level. It rammed into it like four times over the course of 2018. Like, it goes into 5800 real hard and bounces off of it, like a deflector shield and Battlestar Galactica. So, 5800 is our deflector shield, and now we're, we bounced off of it. It went as high as 7140, and now we're about 7,040. And yeah, Space Cadet said 7,036. That's how fast Bitcoin changes. It went up $4 while we were doing it in the last 20 seconds, the show. So. $100 for Bitcoin is $100 lower than it was yesterday. That's like no big deal. Back when I was a Bitcoin dealer, back in like 2014 or so, that would have been a big deal, $100 price move. Nowadays, it's like nothing. It's like 1% and it doesn't matter. It's not even news. Now for our first story. Crypto mining farm to harvest the power of an entire river. Space Marine, tell us about this story. Affirmative Space Cadet. A hydroelectric dam in Valatee Falls, New York, I hope I pronounced that right, is being converted into a crypto mining farm by DPW Holdings, and they have a subsidiary called Super Crypto Mining, and they actually produce mining rigs, and that's going to be part of this. Um, they have a part of their company called Coolasis, and they produce pretty cutting-edge rigs, but not the most cutting-edge. They're going to have 10 nanometer rigs. That means the transistors are 10 nanometers. Put that in perspective, the transistors on most of the mining rigs right now from like Bitmain, like almost everyone has a mining rig for Bitcoin, has 16 nanometers. So 10 nanometers means that transistors are a lot smaller. There's a lot more on each chip. They use a lot energy per, a lot less energy per hash rate. So these rigs are going to be a lot more efficient than what most people have. Plus, they're using an entire hydroelectric dam, like all the power from it for this mining farm. I did a rough calculation. These rigs use 1,430 watts. And they actually produce a hash rate of 17.2 terahash per second. That's pretty respectable. That's kind of like the bit main miners that are decent. And they're going to have the capacity at 1 megawatts to have about 700 rigs. And by the way, these are called anteater rigs. And it's funny because Bitmain's rig is called the ant miner. So it's like basically saying, yeah, we're going to eat the ant miner. It's going to be called the ant eater. I think they're a little ahead of themselves. There's another company called GMO Internet in Japan that has seven nanometer rigs, and that's like the most cutting edge possible. Seven nanometer chips actually just came out, as far as chips go, they just came out for the world publicly like in June 2018. And that was the mass production. They're not even out to the public yet. So there's crypto mining firms in Japan, two of them, developing seven nanometer mining chips. Like they developed them, they're developing the rigs, and they're going to release them by the end of the year. So these are a lot better than the anteater even. So they're acting like they're so good with their 10 nanometers. And it is good compared to what's out there. 16 nanometers is like basically what you can get. And now you can start getting 10 nanometer. I think they're starting to sell it September 1st. Back to the story though. I did the calculation. They're going to have about 700 anteater rigs. And this is going to produce 12 petahash per second. And that's a lot I guess. But not really. It's interesting. Like the power of an entire river is 12 petahash per second basically. That's what you could say. 
The Bitcoin network hit a record high, as we talked about on the past show, of 62 exahash per second. That's 62,000 petahash per second. So this entire river being harnessed for Bitcoin mining represents 0.02% of the entire Bitcoin network energy consumption and hash rate, pretty much. That's crazy. And it's that's as low as that's as high as it's gonna be, because the hash rate's gonna keep exponentially increasing from sixty-two exahash long term, it's gonna go up and up and up. This is gonna be like a minuscule fraction in no time. It already is pretty minuscule, point zero two percent. It's gonna be like nothing within a year. And right now they would make two thousand dollars per day from harnessing the power of an entire river for crypto mining. And that doesn't include how much it costs to run a dam. Because usually if you're running a hydroelectric dam, I assume you sell the power for it and that's what keeps it running, like the business. They're going to be using all the power for their own farm, and then they only get $2,000 per day of revenue. That's it. It doesn't sound that good to me, and I think, it, and obviously it's going to get worse as the hash rate goes up. Like, they'll have the same machines using the same amount of electricity, but making less money with each passing month. This is how it works in the Bitcoin world. So I don't know if this is, like, such a profitable idea. I guess worst case scenario, they could turn it back into a selling power from the dam. Like, they always have the dam they own, and they could just start selling the power to the grid. Worst comes to worst. It's a really cool concept, though, in the fact that like, there's a lot of people saying, oh, Bitcoin's using so much electricity. It is. There's one, like, Dish Economist is, like, the site most people go to. Some people say it's an overestimate, but they say they use as much electricity as an entire country of Austria, like an entire pretty big country in Europe. A big industrialized, well, it's not big, it's a small industrialized country. Maybe it's bigger than Texas, so I don't know how big it is, but it's decently sized. It's more electricity than Ireland, for example. And this releases, according to Dish Economist, 35,000 kilotons of CO2 into, into the atmosphere per year. That's like a lot. But this doesn't account for the fact a lot of Bitcoin mining is done with renewable energy. And this is a good example of this Valete Falls hydroelectric dam crypto mining farm. They're not going to be releasing much CO2 at all because they're not burning fossil fuels. Dish Economist assumes everyone's burning fossil fuels. Which releases CO2. And I'm actually an atmospheric scientist, so I can go into this a little more. Yeah, CO2 warms the atmosphere. But it's not toxic. Everyone acts like it's toxic. It's not. But it, burning fossil fuels does release other toxic chemicals that are way worse than the CO2. So burning fossil fuels is a bad thing. And this is kind of proving you could do crypto mining without burning fossil fuels. And actually, most of the crypto mining in the world is concentrated in like Iceland and also some parts of China where they have the huge rivers coming off the Himalayas and the Tibetan Plateau. So yeah, it's like hydroelectric hubs are hubs for Bitcoin mining. And also... The geothermal renewable energy in Iceland from the volcanoes is another hub for Bitcoin mining. And that's because the electricity is actually cheap around these renewable energy sources, believe it or not. Just one last point. Just imagine this. Harnessing the power of an entire river is 0.02% of the Bitcoin mining hash rate. That's what you get for owning an entire hydroelectric dam and harnessing the power of the whole river. Try mining in your own house and see if it's going to be profitable. If it's not really going to be that profitable from harnessing the power of an entire river. This is the point I keep bringing up in like almost every show now. Personal mining is going to be obsolete. Like you can even have a fairly big operation and it won't be enough to compete because like Bitmain and some other places like Canon, like other manufacturers, they're creating their own facilities. They decided, hey, we've been selling all these rigs to people for like $1,000 pop, $10,000 a pop, and now they have tons of money. So they're like, okay, we're just going to build a billion dollar facility, pack it to the gills with the best rigs at the lowest prices. And they're, like, absolutely blowing everyone out of the business. So it's just going to be a bunch of super sites around the world not that long from now. It's inevitable. I know miners don't want to hear this, but it's absolutely inevitable that only big companies will be able to mine Bitcoin profitably. Of course, you can still probably mine Dogecoin and stuff profitably, kinda. Maybe. On to our next story. 
Zuckerberg's sister becomes Wobby's advisor. Space Marine, take us into the story. Affirmative Space Cadet Randy Zuckerberg is Mark Zuckerberg's older sister. And Mark Zuckerberg, for people that don't know for some reason, if they're hiding under a rock, he is like the co-founder of Facebook and definitely like the owner of it. And he has $67.1 billion to his name, not to mention how big Facebook is. They might have like a trillion dollars or something. They're the biggest social media site in the world. Randy Zuckerberg has joined Hobie. And they're creating Hobie Chain. Like, she's not an advisor for Hobie itself. Hobie's the biggest crypto exchange in the world. Like, it's in the top three. They trade $500 million per day to a billion dollars per day of volume. She's They're creating Hobie Chain, though, because the story of Hobie, just to make this understandable, they were the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in China and in the world at the time that China had 90% of the Bitcoin trading volume. And then China banned it. And then Huobi had to flee the country, basically. And now they've expanded into many different countries because Huobi got, like, PTSD um, and stress from this, and they don't want this to happen. So they're in, like, many different countries. They're headquartered in Singapore to start. But now they're launching exchanges even in the U.S. and, like, everywhere they can. And that, they're going to take this to the ultimate step. They're creating Huobi Chain, which will be a decentralized autonomous organization based on a blockchain, a DAO. We'll just use not the acronym, though, because DAO is confusing. Decentralized Autonomous Organization. They want to create a decentralized exchange that no one owns. Like, they kind of will make money from it. They could set it up like that, but it'll be decentralized and no one could stop it. Like, it'll even be able to trade in China again. So they want to be able to make sure that the governments can't stop them again. So they never have to deal with it again. Because they had such a great business model and kind of smashed it. And they, they thrived and proliferated after that just because they had so much money that they built up. But they don't want any chance of that happening again, so they're creating Huobi Chain. And they're giving out over $100 million of their Huobi tokens. It's like they created their own currency on the exchange, kind of like Binance created Binance token. So they have Huobi token, and they're giving out $100 million of it to people that are going to develop Huobi Chain. So they're going to have like the best crypto people and blockchain people in the whole world developing this decentralized platform. And Randy Zuckerberg comes in. She is going to help curate this process. Like, they're going to have a competition called, like, the Superhero Competition. Yeah, it's the Hobie Chain Superhero Championship Program. She's going to help with that. She's going to help decide. She's going to give advice to people. And also, Ji-Han Wu, who's the CEO of Bitmain. We talk about Bitmain all the time. I believe we just did, like, in the last segment. Yeah, Bitmain's the biggest manufacturer of mining equipment. They're, so, the CEO of Bitmain's on the advisory board. Mark Zuckerberg's sister's on the advisory board. What she does, other than this, she owns, like, a content creation company or something like that in new york i don't know exactly what that is i have not researched what she does but she she is most famous not for what she has done but for being the sister to mark zuckerberg who's extremely famous and extremely rich and owns the most extremely big social media site in the world so they got a huge name on their advisory board it will get people excited and they also got i think the ceo of bitman is way more important than randy zuckerberg jihan Wu. but people will probably think randy zuckerberg is more exciting so, Huobi has some big things going on. And then they're going to create this decentralized exchange called Huobi Chain. It's going to be blockchain-based. That can't be stopped, and it's going to drive everyone in the world crazy as far as governments go. They're going to hate this thing, but they can't stop it. I think it's a great idea. Now for our next story. Tron now owns a stake in BitTurns Founders' new crypto project, Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. The founder of BitTorrent, Bram Cohen... Uh, he's the inventor of BitTorrent. He has a crypto project called the Chia Project that was started last year. And this is actually small news. Even though it's on Bitcoin, he's actually considered the small news. Tron, which is a cryptocurrency platform that bought BitTorrent. We're going to go into that. It's more important than this. They're going to invest $50,000 into the Chia Project for some equity. I don't think that's big, big news at all. That's just like a small little deal. 
But it goes into a bigger story from the past, not the recent past. Basically, Tron is the platform that they're building on the... It was first on the Ethereum blockchain as a ERC-20 token, but now it has its own blockchain. And basically, it's a great way for people... Or not a great way. Their, their idea is to have people trade videos on there. Like, it'll be like a place for people to watch videos and content. It'll be for content creators to use in a decentralized way. It's kind of like a decentralized Netflix or something. So Tron bought BitTorrent because BitTorrent's a file-sharing protocol. It's like the old torrenting. It's like one of the best torrent sites back in the day. It got really small before Tron bought it. Like, it was very cheap compared to what it could have been. It used to be huge, and now it's small. But the point here is that a torrenting protocol like BitTorrent will be excellent for Tron's mission because Tron needs a good way to share files that are big. So they're actually going to need to integrate this torrenting software, and they bought the whole torrenting company, BitTorrent, with the ICO money. They got they did an initial coin offering, so they're actually taking their ICO money and buying like a legit company. And um, they're going to need this software and protocol to actually get the files traded. Because trading video files or exchanging them or having people view video files through a blockchain platform would be like pretty much impossible. But if you do it with torrenting, it'll work. So they got to integrate the torrenting with Tron. And then Tron will have a chance to do good. Right now, the price of Tron is about two and a half cents. And the market cap is $1.7 billion. It's number 12 in the cryptocurrency world. It's down 5% today. All the alternative cryptocurrencies have been taking a huge hit. Like, Bitcoin's not even down today at all, really. It's down very slightly, maybe less than a percent today. And in the same time, Tron's down 5%. This is, like, the story of all the alternative cryptos. There's lots of these great ideas for platforms for blockchain and cryptocurrency. And they really thrived during the rally in 2017 and early 2018. But now they're all falling off. Like, for example, this goes into a whole another story, but it's related. Like, the Ethereum dApps, I saw a thing about this. I wrote an article about how the DApp usage has declined decentralized apps. Like, they have all these apps that are based on blockchains instead of normal. And decentralized apps were very popular, the idea. But then, like, they got launched, they worked perfectly, but no one wanted to use them because all the centralized apps that people already have... Like, for example, Trons could be competing with Netflix. And that might not work very well. So, yeah, they're going down pretty sharply, like every other app platform like ethereum is like the biggest app platform they've gone down really really badly like they're below 300 right now they used to be over 1700 and to get back to a point that i was kind of making a few seconds ago ethereum has like maybe a thousand users that are actually using the dApps that's how low it is like using the legitimate dApps there might be a thousand people in the world using them that's how low it is it's ridiculously low and minuscule yet ethereum has tens of billions of dollars locked up in the market cap it might be way overpriced so these these apps aren't looking too good right now. Like the infrastructure is there in the future for like the next crypto rally. I bet there's gonna be a lot of speculation and a lot of buying anyways for all these DApp platforms and Ethereum. But right now people aren't really using them. Like they had decentralized exchanges on Ethereum that did well right when they got released, and they lost all their users because everyone's like, okay, the centralized exchange is better. And then all these DApps like there was Crypto Kitties where you could like breed kittens on the blockchain, and get new kittens and sell them, which is depressing. I would never sell my kitten. When crypto kitties, you could sell your kitten. And that got really unpopular, even though it raised like over $10 million. Like no one uses it. I think it has like 50 users right now. And it used to be a bunch of news and hype about it. So yeah, DApps and Tron is trying to be different. They're trying to be like, okay, we got a whole torrenting site around them. And maybe, just maybe, they can just launch a torrenting service that'll make more money than their whole idea. So this might be a good wild card for them if they were like, oh, well, no one's using our DApp platform, but let's just like use launch a big torrenting site with BitTorrent and rebrand it. They could do that. Now they own the technology, so. Now for our next story. 
Crypto mining attacks soar in first half of 2018. Interesting news right here, Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. Basically what happened was before 2017, even early on in 2017, like before April, Bitcoin's price was below $1,000. Then it went up to like $20,000, although other cryptos went up a lot too. And this is about other cryptos, actually, the mining attacks. Because you can't even, like, if you install the mining program on every CPU in the world, you still wouldn't make that much money for Bitcoin. But if you do it, like, with Monero or Dogecoin or something, you would make a lot of money. So what happened is the Bitcoin, or the crypto prices went up so much that now these uh, hackers could install mining programs on, like, shitty computers, like, personal computers. And if they installed it on enough computers, they get an income. And this is what these people are doing. They have, like, a botnet that has mining programs on, like, everyone's computer... And all together, it comes out to like an income and then some, it could even come out to a small fortune. And they're mostly mining Monero because Monero is a privacy coin. So like they can even figure out you're mining on their computer. But if it's Monero, they're not going to be able to trace it because it's a privacy coin. So they're using Monero. They could use Dogecoin too, but it's more traceable. They just don't want to be traced at all. So these attacks have gone up a thousand percent since the second quarter of 2017, I believe. Yeah, 956% from the first half of 2017. To the first half of 2018 it's up a thousand percent the crypto mining attacks and before this people were doing ransomware where they would seize your computer up with like a really lame program that would say hey send me a bitcoin and i'll unfreeze your computer i had that happen to me and i always just like got around it but some people would panic like it happened to a police station i i read a news article about this like a police station got hacked by ransomware and they actually paid it because they didn't know what to do so like some people like paid this stuff and then they found out hey we're gonna stall we can install stuff in the background that mines like Monero or Dogecoin or Bitcoin or whatever. They can mine in the background and people won't even know it. They don't have to have their computer seized up. So it's actually better for the people that were getting hacked. It's less, like they actually don't have to spend any money out of pocket besides, the, it costs more electricity. Yeah, that's the problem with it. If you have a mining program installed on your computer like a malware, they call it malware, but it's just a mining program. It's not going to hurt the computer besides the fact it costs more electricity. It could hurt the computer through the fact it could overheat it. So I shouldn't say it couldn't hurt the computer. If it's a real intense mining program it'll make your computer overheat but if it starts overheating usually people figure it out and then they look into what's going on or they call an it specialist and they get it fixed but the interesting thing too is now they have like honey miner wrote an article about this for bitcoin news honey miner is literally like this malware program rebranded so it makes me wonder i'm not gonna say anything bad or speculation but yeah it's like literally the same malware rebranded as not malware and people are using it to mine on the personal computers and it's like not Profitable. There's no way you could be profitable on your personal computer when you're mining. It slows your, down your whole computer. Yeah, that's another thing. It slows down your computer. So, like, the whole reason you use computers is to, like, to do stuff quickly with the computer. If you have one of these mining malware programs, your computer will not go fast. It will overheat, and your bill will be higher than it should be. But, of course, the computer is not so much power that it's going to be, like, kill your bill. It might be, like, $10 more per month if you have the worst mining malware on your computer. But this is just interesting to know. Basically, how you could avoid this... Don't download anything. Really. Just like, don't download anything unless it's from like an official, official source. If you're downloading programs from just around the internet that are not from like companies that are like mainstream and you know them. And also, even if you do that, there's something called spoofing. They can make a website that looks like it's Google, but it's not. Like they, there's websites that copy a mainstream website, but they change one letter in the URL or they change the domain like .com. They change it to something else like .coo or some, something like that. So, like, you just shouldn't download anything if you don't have to. And if you do download stuff, like, eventually, like, especially if you're in the crypto world downloading things that people are making, very quickly you're going to run into a malware. Because the best way these hackers spread their botnet 
they literally they actually go on the torrent sites too. Like they'll go to Pirate Bay, they'll upload a movie, and they'll spoof the file. Like it'll be like a hundred kilobyte file because that's how big the virus is. They'll spoof it with a hundred megabytes of crap data to make it look like it's the size of a movie or even like gigabytes. So people are downloading movies on these torrenting sites. So if you're doing any torrenting at all, you're going to get a malware like this. It's guaranteed. You'll get that and other things. Like, you'll get a button that actually spies on you that can see you while you're eating, while you're doing stuff that you don't want to be seen doing, actually. So, yeah, you got to be careful. You should not use torrenting sites. You will get a hacker. Because, like, I'm sure if you use torrenting sites, you know what I'm talking about. If you click on something and you expect it to open it, like, just run something for one second, disappears, and, oh, I'll download another one. Yeah, you can go download uh, the correct version of what you're trying to download, but you already got the virus. So, and then also if you're running around the crypto world, even if you're not torrenting and you're just downloading things that people suggest, the other way hackers get their botnet to grow is they just tell people to download their link. They'll go to chat rooms, they'll go to websites, forums, and they'll just post the link. And if even if like a few people download it, they're successful because they'll get money forever from their botnet running. So, yeah, this just goes down to basic computer security. Like, don't download anything ever if you could avoid it. And if you have to download things, just download official things from, like, the Microsoft Store, the Apple Store, whatever. Be careful. And I bet even stuff in the Apple Store, like, that's actually what happened. Apple Store and Microsoft Store, they banned mining programs because a lot of them were viruses. Yeah, they might look like they're working, but they'll divert, like, 90% of the profits to themselves. So they got rid of that. The Apple Store and the Google Store got rid of the mining programs, and that's what you should stick to if you need apps. Just stick to the official stores. I hate to say that I like the spirit of decentralization, but there's too many hackers out there trying to hack your computer. Because, like, let's say they get a thousand computers mining Monero for them, maybe ten thousand. Like ten thousand, definitely they'll have an income. They don't have to do any work, so they'll work really hard just to get that network going, and then it's there. That's it. You can't stop. It'll be on your computer every time you connect to the internet, even when you're not connected. So, be careful. And that's all we have to talk about today on this August 29, 2018 edition of the bitcoinnews.com daily radio show go to bitcoinnews.com 24 7 for the full spectrum of crypto bitcoin and blockchain news this is your host space marine signing out tonight i'm going to mars i hope i can breathe the atmosphere there wish me luck and i am space cadet thanks for listening adios, adios amigos, amigos.